Hey, what's up? It's the Drive with Tay and Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Toss, holding it down on a Wednesday. That much closer to the Big Ten opener coming up for Illini basketball on Saturday. At the rack against Rutgers, getting excited for that one. Early morning flight for me on Saturday going out to the East Coast. We'll be there from Saturday through Wednesday flying back. So, uh, Lante will be having to fill in as our guest co-host. Wow. <laughs> I say that in jest. Kind you, think, of. you think he's going to make it? I don't you know. He three might... straight days of yeah. coming in. Is that going to work? Down in Florida for a week. There's always that, that lingering question. Does Lon just say, hey, boys, I'm actually staying in Florida, not coming back? So we'll see. Based on that view he sent us in the texturing, I mean, I wouldn't blame him. I, I wouldn't either. I wouldn't. I hope Lon's enjoying his, his beach time, his beach bar time, his pool time. Imagining he's getting great weather down there in Florida. Nice weather today, a lot better than yesterday. I, the temperature doubled from yesterday here from like 22 to 44. <laughs> we'll take it. We'll definitely take it. Uh, on the note of Big Ten basketball and college basketball as a whole, we're going to be joined by Isaac Trotter, 24-7 Sports. He's going to join us on the Tapman's Towing phone line coming up here at 3.30 to talk about. He did a nice breakdown for 24-7 on what he's seen Throughout the Big Ten, as far as things he likes about each Big Ten team, things he doesn't like, and we'll pick his brain on what we've seen so far from Illinois and how he feels like they're prepared for this upcoming challenging stretch. And then also uh, around the league, what surprised him, what's impressed him. And I want to get his thoughts also uh, on a national level because I know Isaac watches a lot of basketball and, and has his eyes glued to a lot of the action that you know maybe we don't follow as closely. So look forward to that conversation coming up here in about 20 minutes. In the meantime, let's talk a little Big Ten football. The Big Ten first team offense was named today, along with the second team and honorable mentions. Illinois did have a first teamer at wide receiver. This is not going to surprise you, but Isaiah Williams, after leading the Big Ten in receptions with 82, had over 1,000 yards receiving. He did get the nod for first team All Big Ten. Very happy for him. That's obviously a big accomplishment for somebody that came into college as a quarterback, converted into a wide receiver, and he meant a ton to Illinois this year within the last couple of years within that passing attack as well. Big questions still linger whether he will be back for another year in Champaign or whether he takes this and goes to the NFL. I want to get your thoughts and kick it back and forth in terms of you know maybe what his projection would be in the NFL and whatnot. I did a little bit of digging on that. But Isaiah being a first-team All-Big Ten guy, you know that Marvin Harrison Jr. is obviously in there as well at the receiver position. That's good company for someone on Illinois to be in, and Isaiah is definitely deserving of it. Yeah, no question. I mean, led the Big Ten in reception, second in yards, 1,000-yard receiver, which I think Illinois only had seven of in program history. He's the seventh one to do that. He, I mean, he had an outstanding year especially down the stretch when Illinois made that push obviously they couldn't end up getting the sixth win but in both those Minnesota and Indiana games those thrilling late game victories he had maybe the two best performances of his career caught two game winning touchdowns he was just really really fun to watch and I'm sure both quarterbacks that were in there Luke Altmyer and John Paddock would uh, would tell you the same thing that they were that he was quite the weapon for them and made life a lot easier on them and he yeah I just I think we need to appreciate the the talent that he is and was if this is if this was it for him 
he's as dynamic of an offensive player as Illinois had here recently in terms of just making miss ability and, and playmaking ability on offense. And he was just his career converting from quarterback. They tried the quarterback thing with him for a little bit. It didn't go well. I mean, there were that one game against Rutgers at yeah. Rutgers where he ran for like 200 yards. That was fun. But in terms of long-term potential, it was it would have been easy for him when Illinois recruited him. They recruited him as a quarterback, and that's why they got him. A lot of other schools, I remember there was like Alabama-type schools that wanted him as a wide receiver. He came to Illinois to be a quarterback. It would have been very easy for him once that opportunity was no longer there to say, okay, well, I'll go back somewhere else. Stick to, stuck around three years of really good wide receiver play for him, culminating in this all Big Ten first team honor. It was really cool to see. I would love if we could have one more year of it. One that's, more year. That's a good point as far as if he was making the transition to wide receiver, could he have gone somewhere else? I always looked at it if quarterback, and it, it ultimately didn't work out at Illinois for him to be the sustained starter would, would he try to maybe go down a level to like the Mac or something and, and find a fit That's to, another good point. to be a quarterback there I, I always hoped it would work out because obviously you put the ball in his hands on, on every snap and uh, as a, a, a dynamic runner within that Rod Smith offense at the time it, it was very advantageous to have that type of an athlete at quarterback, but as a thrower, he was he was limited and obviously small behind an offensive line at five foot ten. I I pulled up his offers out of high school. He did have Alabama. He had Florida, Florida State. You go down here, LSU, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon. So there are a number of places that wanted him as an athlete. Texas, Tennessee, TCU, Texas A and M. I mean, there anybody and everybody pretty much on that list. Notre Dame, so he could have went anywhere to play wide receiver, and maybe it was yeah. If it was a situation, not only if if all right, he was told that at the power five level you're going to be a receiver, he could have went elsewhere to do that, or he could have tried to be a quarterback somewhere else as well. But uh, his him sticking it out and also being able to to learn that receiver position just felt like he was able to refine his game more and more through time. Uh, I know that George McDonald had a, a tweet about him. I want to reference that as we go along because. The the comment in there is he, he notes it was a privilege to coach you, Isaiah, and, and is that a, a goodbye? I know that there's no final answer right now as far as what he's going to do. I, I've said here recently, I don't know how he has a more productive season. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's within the realm of possibility. It gets a little bit more in terms of the volume, uh, and if Illinois has another guy like a, a Malik Elzey develop into – a legit target that can take some pressure off of him is if Pat Bryant can take that next step. And, and yes, I mean, Luke Altmaier coming back in this offense for another year and, and, and having more of a, I guess, a higher floor to start the season because you're working through some stuff with him being an experienced quarterback. So I don't want to say it like there's no way he'd be more productive than he was this year. It's just that he probably had as good of a season as you could have imagined in the fact that he leads the Big Ten in receiving the fact that he tops a thousand yards and I wouldn't blame him at all if he sits there and says like this is a really really good time for me to go to the next level and if that's ultimately what he chooses I, I definitely would understand so what do you think about that am I capping that by saying that you know maybe he doesn't have a better season uh, just maybe significantly to the point that he would be that much better of a draft pick do you think that's in him potentially 
It's tough to say. I kind of agree with you in that if he were to come back, I would find it kind of hard to imagine he tops the statistical output he put up this year. I do think he can probably improve as an NFL draft prospect. I don't exactly know what that looks like. I mean, I, everything I've seen is that maybe he's a late day three pick or an undrafted player right now. So with that in mind, maybe that's just all he is. Maybe he is just limited in that fashion, and he's a really good college receiver that has some limitations at the next level. But maybe it is a situation where he can work on some of those ball security issues that I know have come up a little bit and – you know, I don't know if he's gonna. He's not gonna develop in his sixth year like straight line speed that the NFL right. wants to see. That he's lacking a little bit. It's not gonna magically appear if he comes back. But you never know. I think that there. You know, it depends on the feedback he gets from the NFL. I think it's plausible that if he's not a draft pick as of right now, that he could be one with one more year in college. At the same time, I never know the value that teams put on age. Like, it'll be his sixth year in college. He'll be a much older prospect than a lot of other receivers. Does that hurt him? Maybe it's just a situation where this is the best opportunity you're going to get. You could put up another 1,000-yard season, another Big Ten, all-Big Ten first-team year next year, and it's really not going to move the needle a whole lot because he is what he is at this point. So it's tough to say, but, you know, I I think a big factor is going to be NIL money. Can that surpass what an undrafted free agent you know, or a, a sixth, seventh round pick that what would that would look like for him? And I don't know. You know, just the appeal of this offense had a lot of momentum down the stretch. You get your quarterback back. It's probably going to be a a situation where yeah, Illinois is going to have to go recruit some transfers, but they also got to recruit their own top player and see if they can convince him to stick it around for one more season. Yeah, and I fully expect there's conversations that have already sparked up. Probably were going on during the season for him in terms of what Illinois could put together through ICON as far as an NIL package and, and what the potential was there in comparison to what his earning potential would be uh, in the NFL uh, as a draft pick or, or whether it be an undrafted free agent. So uh, I expect that that is ongoing and probably part of his decision-making process. I believe I saw is that January, early January, he has to make his decision, right, on whether to stay in college or declare for the draft. They'll have to effort I think, that. Yeah, I remember last year, like I, Newton and Randolph, it was like mid to late January. I want to say it was like when I got back from my winter break in mm-hmm. like middle of January is when they announced last year. So, In referencing Jeremy Warner's article on Atlanta Inquirer, it says college players have until mid-January to okay. officially declare or withdraw from the NFL draft. So he has some time here if he wants to take the allotted – offering in terms of his decision-making process and and the negotiations potentially that would go on. That's the reality of it, Uh, a big part of it. Not to say it's all NIL-driven, but uh, knowing it from the basketball side with someone like Terrence Shannon, you know that that was part of the conversation was, all right, if you're going to potentially and most likely earn a two-way contract in the NBA, that's a a half a million dollars, not guaranteed deal. Could you get more than half a million at Illinois, in addition to also thinking about, okay, if I come back and have an even better season, shoot the three ball better, I can be a first-round pick, which, of course, elevates your stability because you go in there with a two-year guaranteed contract and the ability to make a million-plus per year on that front, too. So there's some layers to it. Uh, I do think it opens up an interesting conversation, and I, I it's hard to have it, though, because we don't know all the 
we we don't know the full allotment of what Illinois and it's ongoing in terms of fundraising with Icon. But like, how much if you had a pool of money? Because you let's be honest, it's, it's treated a lot like a salary cap. Essentially, you've got the allocation in terms of what you, you're working with, and then how do you divvy that up? How do you divvy it up to one or two guys that you really want to keep on your roster that maybe are making that pro decision. I know Seth Coleman's another guy that uh, has been talked about, had six sacks, and I don't know where he stands on draft board. So so how much of a threat he is to, to take that leap to the next level as well, but how much you'd want to spend of your NIL pool on, on those guys versus trying to save some. We all know that Brett Bielema and company need to go out and be more active, more successful in the portal this upcoming offseason with what you're going to lose. But uh, that's maybe a conversation for another day or something we can really dive into a little bit more uh, as we go along. But uh, George McDonald, the tweet, he says, Isaiah Williams took a leap, leap of faith, went to work, and came out on top. Great player, but even greater person. It was a privilege and an honor to coach you. Uh, I'm not reading into that. It's not goodbye? Nah. Okay. That's maybe just me trying to convince myself <laughs> otherwise, but I feel like there's still a process that has to play out sure. here. Sure, yeah, 100%. And NIL is going to be a big factor in that for sure. If you could get him back, I think the offense for Illinois could be a big strength of this team heading into next season. Now, the offensive line is going to have to take shape. You lose both your starting tackles. But in a world where you do get Isaiah Williams back, you bring Altmeyer back, you bring Pat Bryant back, you've got some younger receivers that are going to step up. Reggie Love, Caden Fagan as your one-two in the backfield. Like, all of a sudden, we're talking about Illinois offensively. That could be the strength in the next year and give you some optimism. Isaiah Williams would be a massive part of that. If you lose him, then I struggle to get there as much. But it's going to be important. If you can find a way to bring him back for another year, the defense needs some work, obviously. But offensively, yeah. there'd be there'd be some optimism heading into next season, no? There would be, yeah, for sure. It's been a long time since you would say the skill position players are the strength of an Illinois football yes. team, right? How, how long has it been since that happened? But uh, they were very good, you know, relatively pretty darn good last year when you include Chase Brown and, and also Isaiah Williams in that. Uh, but then, of course, you were you were outshined by your defense. It was, wasn't a bad thing, obviously, when you have the number one scoring defense in the country. So, yes, to your point, you have a lot to work on defensively. Uh, I think offensive line, uh, the fact that you're going to lose a couple of guys, uh, going to lose Julian Pearl, going to lose Isaiah Adams, you got to be able to, to make up for that, whether that's internally uh, showing the development that you've had within your offensive line or going out there and adding a piece or two uh, via your – your you know nil slash transfer portal efforts as well uh zai chrysler can come back for another year correct yep do you think he will i would assume yeah i don't think he he obviously had a tough year uh, relative to what we expected the three interior linemen as far as i know should be back and should probably start next year geski chrysler Krutz. you're gonna need two tackles or you're gonna mm-hmm. need to maneuver things accordingly and that is going to be important because your two best offensive linemen are the two that are departing but you know I think I know they've had their struggles especially early this year but I trust Brett Bielma to put together an offensive line that he trusts heading into the next season I I think they're of all the positions on this team offensive line is 
near the top when it comes to the sell that this program has with Brett Bielema's history and with some of the guys that they are sending on to the NFL here recently. So I think that they have they would have some appeal to, to bolster that offensive line, whether that comes JUCO-wise or getting an actual Power 5 transfer at tackle. But that's going to be probably the most important thing other than Isaiah Williams. For sure. I do want to go through some of these other honorable mention. Illinois did have a number of those in terms of all Big Ten on the offensive side. But Isaiah Williams, there is the question, and I've been asking to myself, where would he go in a draft in terms of you know what round? Is, is it a mid-round pick? Uh, I know Randy said that he thinks he's a third-round pick. Uh, I haven't seen that anywhere. If I Randy had, wants to send in where he's seen that, I would love to see it. Maybe I'm wrong. I haven't either, and I was looking on ESPN through Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay's positional rankings. I, I could only find them going 10 deep at each position, so obviously those guys are slacking. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I say that, obviously, uh, kidding, that there's plenty of time for them to really – dive in deeper and, and provide the, the full-on big board uh, beyond the – I think he does a top 250 or something like that. Isaiah was outside of that. But uh, PFF does grade draft prospects, and that wide receiver, when you filter it, I mean, he's he's down the list. He's probably in the 25 to 30 range at the position. Overall, they rank him as the 198th prospect okay. in this draft. So you do the math, 32 teams, that's about a six-round type of pick sixth seventh round depending on teams drafting based on need and, and obviously there's probably some wiggle room there but uh, that's kind of just a little bit of a snapshot in terms of where he would potentially go and, and in relation to his overall grade as a receiver uh, he was 36th in the country this season in college football that sounds about right to me based on kind of what I've seen how many guys do you think are will be on NFL rosters from this team this year, next, heading into next year, over under four and a half. Four and a half. Well, obviously Keith and and Johnny. Keith and Johnny. I think Isaiah. I think Adams Isaiah will be okay. Yeah, that makes sense. At I think Isaiah. Will, I, I, my personal prediction right now is that Isaiah Williams is going to go. Okay, that's my that would that would be my expectation. Now I know that again to. Circle back, Seth Coleman's one of those. Uh, I've seen Jeremy mention Tip Ryman as a guy that maybe goes. Is he, he's not going to be drafted. Someone right, and when I say this, I, free I agent, also maybe. mean like yeah, undrafted like, free agent catches on in training camp, makes a team. We saw that, that with was DeVito. Tommy DeVito. We saw that with like Tony Adams with the Jets and it's true. some other guys. True. Isn't I think Kalczewski was made the roster, then got hurt like week one for the Broncos. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that all the media attention around Tommy DeVito right now? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Did you see the the one story in New York about how he had like a signing at some place and there was a line like three hours long to no way. get his autograph? Oh, my gosh. People are loving him. Maybe man. he's going to make enough money to move out of his parents' house. <laughs> how many times have you heard that now? A million he, times. A million it's, times. It's the Taylor Swift, you know. It's yeah. Just, get we've heard that 800 <laughs> times it's Tyson Pageant. yeah we've heard that he's undrafted we've from, heard that his from, dad is some like arm wrestling champion as well yep. they, they definitely peddled that narrative as well uh before we catch a break and get to Isaac Strotter here coming up in about five minutes I'll read through the honorable mentions there were a handful in terms of the all big 10 offensive teams for Illinois Isaiah Adams Julian Pearl Josh Getsky. 
all were coaches and media selections. All Big Ten honorable mentions. Zy Chrysler was a media selection. All Big Ten honorable mention. Josh Krutz by the coaches and the media. John Paddock actually got on all Big Ten honorable mention by the coaches. Impressed by that three-game sample size. Three apparently. games, yeah. all Big Ten honorable mention. I would, I would love to see, like, historically if that's ever happened or who has done that before because it's a good question. John Paddock. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure he got the votes from the, Indiana and Minnesota. Sure. The funny thing was is that if you look at the quarterback play in the Big Ten this year, Ooh. John Paddock was probably one of the top guys because it was horrible. Isn't it was crazy? horrible. Caden Fagan, also a coach's selection, all Big Ten, Arnold will mention. Uh, I'll go down this list real quick in terms of the rest of the first team. J.J. Uh, jo- uh, McCarthy at quarterback from Michigan, Blake Corum, uh, and Travion Henderson, Michigan and Ohio State, respectively, at the running back spot. Isaiah Williams, Marvin Harrison Jr. were the top two receivers, considering that you also have Emeka Abuka, you got Roman Wilson, uh, in that mix at receiver, it says a lot about the season that Isaiah Williams had to be a first-teamer. Uh, Drake Nugent, uh, Zach Zenter, Donovan Jackson, offensive lineman, Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State, uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Ladarius Henderson, and man, this uh, this name, the, 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 the tackle from Penn State. Uh, Olu. Uh, Olu. Olumuwama Fashanu. I butchered that, but uh, yeah, he's yeah, well, on there he's as well. He's going to be going in the top ten or so of the draft. If he's a bear, which we need it, um, then you'll I, learn I'll it. learn the name you'll very well. Colston Loveland, the tight end from Michigan, uh, rounds that thing out in terms of the all Big Ten first team offense. Well, my biggest takeaway from that is there was one player from the Big Ten West, uh, Isaiah Williams. Isn't that crazy? And with the the new inserts to the Big Ten known to be high-powered offenses. Yes, we'll see what yeah. they look like when they don't yeah. have Caleb Williams, Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. But. Yeah, can we be grateful for the fact that they're joining the year after those three quarterbacks are leaving? Now, I'm sure those yeah. schools will pull some transfers and there'll be a very uh, a, a hot spot for transfer quarterbacks. But, I mean, it makes it a, it makes it a little more palatable that we're not going to be seeing Caleb Williams and Bo Nix. Yeah, and I, I end this segment on that based on those guys coming in, not those quarterbacks, but those teams. When's the next time Illinois has an all Big Ten first teamer on offense? Could be a could be a while. Could be a while. Could be pretty tough. I'd love to convince myself that Caden Fagan could be the best running back in the conference by the time he leaves here, but maybe man, it's just, maybe that's tough. Can Malik Elsey do it? I think if there would be anyone that makes it, it's an offensive lineman. One of the yeah, like the, yeah. Andrew Dennis who just committed or go. someone like that. Yeah, no, I like that choice for sure. If you want to weigh in, you can. 217-359-2255 with the U of I Atlanta League text line. What say you as far as how long it'll be for Illinois to get another first-teamer on the All-Big Ten offensive team? Uh, should Isaiah Williams stay or go? What do you think? Hit us up, 217-359-2255. We're going to transition to Talking Hoops next. Isaac Trotter from 24-7 Sports will join us on the Tapman's Towing phone line. This is The Drive. Get the roof your home deserves by Roof Doctors, your residential roofing specialist that has always offered the best warranties in the industry, like our non-prorated 50-year warranty. Our customers love that we are family-owned and locally operated. We make our customer needs our top priority. 
With over 30 years' experience and the best customer service, give Roof Doctors a call today for your free estimate at 328-7529. In your community and for your community, Roof Doctors. I'm Justin Onick, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. During challenging times, family and health come first. This is Rob Meyer with Provident Financial Group. Many of us have spent the past year feeling a little bit out of control, but there are steps that you can take to plan for a better financial future. Now is the time to take action and create a financial plan that's right for you. Contact us today at 217-366-3456 or online at ProvidentFinancialGroupLLC.com. Securities and advisory services offered through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. These days, it seems like bank names are changing faster than a forecast in February. But at Iroquois Federal, we're still the same community bank we've always been. For more than 135 years, we've built relationships by helping build the things that matter, whether it's a business, a back porch, or the building blocks of a better life. If you're looking for a bank that's here for the long haul, swing by today and see for yourself why different rules. Iroquois Federal, still friendly, still local, still here. Jets is hiring. Call 217-352-9992 or stop in to 1907 West Springfield Avenue near Round Barn in Champaign. Jets is open till 10 p.m. Fridays and Saturdays till midnight. Are you looking for a side hustle? Here's Josh from Jets talking about the benefits of doing deliveries. When I was a delivery driver, it was amazing how much the actual amount of money I had just shot right up. You have money in your pocket every single day. For details on joining the team, visit JetsPizza.com. You moved into your new home using two men in a truck. The garage was clean. Then... I love the new recliner. What are we going to do with this old one? Put it in the garage for now. Over time, this cycle continued. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. Put it in the garage for now. (laughs) It happens. You got junk. Call two men in a truck to get rid of all your junk. Residential or commercial, two men in a truck has a solution for your junk removal. Contact them at twomenchampagne.com. Two men in a truck. From computer systems to Brex and tires, too. At PDR, fixing cars is what they do. 
Remember, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 or use their dedicated text-only line at 383-0619. Additional information including repair quotes and online scheduling requests available from the website at pdrauto.com. Remember, they are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. I-L-L-I-N-I. Cheer on the Illini at Pia's. The pregame fun starts at Pia Sports Bar and Grill. Pia serves up its famous 10-ounce Slugger Burger along with great wings and so much more. Enjoy 350 22-ounce light and course light drafts every home and away Illini game. Watch the game at Pia's or ride the free shuttle to all home games. You'll find it all at Pia's with live video gaming, sports, food, drinks, and fun. See you at Pia's, West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Here's what somebody recently said at Pards in Urbana. I was there just a few minutes, and somebody came up and asked if I needed help. And they were incredible, helped me find the size of boot I needed, and then I bought a second pair too. Everything was friendly, everything was excellent. Visit Pards in Urbana, 206 North Maple, between Maine and University in Urbana. It's Pards Western Shop since 1968. Or go online and visit pards.com, pards.com. Back on the drive with Sam Piper, ESPN Radio 93.5. Derek Piper, Kyle Tosk. Let's go to the Tapman's Towing phone line. Let's talk some hoops with 24-7 Sports National College Basketball writer Isaac Trotter, former ESPN 93.5 alum. I guess he is a not a former. He's a former ESPN 93.5 talent. Isaac, what's up, man? We're uh, we're both hoops aficionados, and yet we're talking Cardinals baseball on the on the phone before we get on here. Yeah, we're just built differently as the best fans in baseball. Uh, that's just kind of how it rolls. <laughs> and uh, every every day of the year is uh, is Cardinals baseball season, even even after a rough year. That's just how it is. <laughs> Got to ask you, how do you feel, Sonny Gray, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson? What do you think? I mean, it can't be worse, right? At least it's a little <laughs> bit better than what we had, right? We have a lot of innings, and now we'll figure it out from, as we go from there. I. You know, I joked to somebody, it's like this is the first time in my life that I haven't really cared about Cardinals baseball for the final few months of the season. Yeah. And just was, just a, it's really weird. And, and so hopefully we can get back. I, I, I think Sonny Gray's awesome. His stuff is fantastic. And if we can get some Lancelin Cardinal Devil Magic back, that'd be, uh, that'd be cool. I'd be down with that. And hopefully we don't waste another year of Goldschmidt and Arenado. 100% with you. And I, I don't need Kyle Toss Cubs doing anything crazy like Shohei Otani or. Bellinger back. I mean that that would be somewhat expected, but you know the Cubs want to be aggressive. But uh, I just hope I'm not too sad when the winter meetings and all this free agency stuff is done. But uh, we're here to talk some hoops. You did a great piece on 24/7 today, breaking down the Big Ten, what you like, what you don't like. Let's start with Illinois. Obviously, five and one through six games, played a close one against a, a very very good Marquette team. What have you seen so far on that note that you like out of Illinois and, and kind of overall impressions of them? Yeah, I think, you know, it's one of those things where you kind of can kind of confirm your priors a little bit. And throughout the preseason, I, I thought that this team is kind of building a, a defensive juggernaut. And I thought Coleman Hawkins would be a huge piece of that. And even without him, I think we've seen them play elite-level defense. And Quincy Garrier has been a big part of that. Obviously, Ty Rogers has been a huge part of that. 
But Terrence Shannon's defense has been, honestly, maybe my biggest takeaway. I, I felt like he's defended at an all-Big Ten level. You know, maybe he's not the defensive player of the year in the Big Ten, but he certainly feels like one of the, the most impactful defenders in this league. And you know, in the early going, this, this Illinois defense looks absolutely legit. They're, they're forcing a ton of long twos, second in the country in long twos behind Creighton. Uh, you just don't get a lot of threes off against them. You don't get much at the rim, and you're just going to have to beat them with a lot of long twos. And that, that seems like a winning formula for a team that can still struggle to score a little bit offensively. So I, I, I'm buying this Illinois defense. I think we're going to learn a lot about them soon. They've got some really big tests, especially you know FAU can really, really fill it up. Tennessee has some really talented individual players. We know Missouri is going to be a tough matchup just because they're going to rise to the occasion for that game, even if they're a little bit undermanned. So I, I don't expect some of these defensive numbers to be this good in a couple of weeks, but so far they've been pretty, pretty awesome. At the offensive end, nothing to complain about with what Taron Shannon's doing, obviously. I mean, he's been a monster. Lou Goody shooting the cover off of it. Outside of that, we wondered a lot, you know, what would this team look like without a legit point guard, which they don't have still. I, that's not surprising anybody. But uh, Marcus Damas has struggled to shoot it. Quincy Garrier, Justin Harmon haven't really brought – the you know 35% range where they shot it last year over, uh, at least in terms of carryover through the first couple of weeks. Uh, what do you make of, of their offense and, and what, what concerns you and maybe how much about what they've, they've looked or how they've looked at that end so far? Yeah, I think it's a work in progress that it was always going to be. Um, it's, it's tough to really judge what they are offensively when Coleman Hawkins is on the floor because he's such a big piece of, of what they want to do. Um, especially when he's able to knock down top of the key threes. And I think the best version of what Illinois' offense has been this year has been that exhibition game against Kansas, and conveniently Coleman Hawkins played his best game. So I think that you can't reach that you're stealing offensively without a healthy, happy, effective Coleman Hawkins, and, and getting him back is going to be huge. But, yeah, I, I'm not super concerned. I think it's, it's okay to be a little bit concerned, but I still think that a lot of what they do plays, and especially in the Big Ten regular season, I think – Terrence Shannon's obviously going to be a mismatch every single night, but I think that there's some interesting tweaks that they can add to their repertoire. I would like to see more post-ups from guys like Ty Rogers, guys like Marcus Domas, you know, even more Quincy Guerrier post-ups where you can kind of put, use your size to your advantage because Illinois is such a big team. Like I think they're going to go into a lot of games during big 10 play with clear advantages. You know, I, I just think ahead to that Michigan matchup. Like, hey, when Doug McDaniel comes to town at 5'10", 175, and is he guarding Ty Rogers at 6'6", six 205? Six, like, you got to be able to use that size in different ways to, to, to beat that up and really go after that. And I, I think Ty Rogers' post-ups should be added to, to this repertoire a little bit more, more Marcus Damas post-ups. Use, like, find the mismatch a little bit and, and you know, get the most out of it. And, Obviously, Coleman Hawkins coming back, you kind of have to do, you have to run offense through him as a top 55 man. But I do think that Illinois can, can give some teams some issues, especially if, if Luke Goody and, and Terrence Shannon continue to shoot it, because I, I do expect these transfers to start knocking down shots. I mean, they, they are proven guys. All three of them shot over 36% from three point range last season on catch and shoot threes. And so eventually, you would expect water to find this level a little bit there, maybe some positive regression to the mean. Illinois and it's all about just you know not turning the basketball over and getting good shots every possession if you get a good shot up with this group I think you have the offensive rebound potential to, to kind of win that shot battle and just not, don't turn it over and get a shot up that feels like a win for this group at this point because you have so many guys who can go get you second chance opportunities 
Isaac Trotter is our guest on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Follow him on Twitter at Isaac, double underscore Trotter. Nice touch with that one. Uh, I, you alluded to it earlier, the upcoming stretch at Rutgers. Always a tough place to play. Good defensive team. FAU, uh, they had a, a really ugly loss to Bryant, but since then they've been putting up big-time numbers at the offensive end. Then Tennessee is one of the top teams in the country. What do you see? I, I know that you watch a lot of a lot of college basketball, obviously, and have probably dove in on, on all three of those teams. What do you think about the matchups coming up with Illinois as far as those go? Yeah, the Rutgers game, you know, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic or whatever, but it feels like a, a must-win game if Illinois wants to, to win the Big Ten this year. you just got to find a way to win that game. Rutgers, is, is their backcourt is a lot of newcomers, and – it's, it's left me wanting a little bit more. Rutgers has. You know, Derek Simpson's his sophomore breakout season hasn't really been there. Noah Fernandez has struggled with his efficiency playing at a, at a high major level, especially after an injury last year. And then Jermichael Davis is a freshman that they brought in who struggled at times as well. All those guys are shooting under 40% on two. So Illinois' defense forces a lot of those tough shots, and Rutgers' guards aren't, aren't good at making them. So it feels like a decent matchup for Illinois in that perspective especially when you factor in what Wayne Danger did to Cliff Omaruri last year, where he just gave him a lot of trouble with his quick hips and the, and the ability to, to find the right angles in, in the low block. And so I, I think Illinois needs to win that game. I know it's at Rutgers, and that's scary, and Rutgers is probably going to play well, but Illinois is talented, Illinois is older, Illinois is better for Rutgers. And if you want to win the Big Ten, you've got to find a way to win on the road. And that, that's why Coleman Hawkins and Terrence came back, right? Like your, your veterans have been through those wars, now it's time to play like that veteran team. And, you know, you can't get caught looking ahead either to Florida Atlantic, but that Florida Atlantic team looked really, really good last week. They, they're they healthy now, kind of. They, they still have one guy that's still not fully back yet, but getting Elijah Martin back has been huge for them. And this is a team that can beat you in a ton of different ways. They have a bunch of shooting. And I think Illinois' defense will be really tested by them because, you know, they just want to shoot a ton of threes. And I think Illinois wants to take away a ton of those threes. So I'm, I'm fascinated to see – Feels like Purdue is clearly in a tier by itself when it comes to the Big Ten. You just detailed Illinois there, but what other teams in the conference are you maybe highest on based on what you've seen so far? Which teams do you think can separate themselves in that next tier beyond Purdue as the season goes on? Yeah, there's no question Purdue has been the most impressive team, and it'll shock absolutely no one who knows me, but I'm in on Ohio State again. Uh, it's just, it's, just kind of, it's kind of my bit at this point. Like they, this team though, I think can kind of live up to the hype. You know, this is a, a younger team, one of the youngest ones in the Big Ten. But so far this year, they've been really, really impressive. And Bruce Thornton and Roddy Gale, they, they're sophomores that don't play like sophomores. Those dudes are dogs. They're really, really good. They, they absolutely killed Alabama the other day, and then they, they shut down Santa Clara the very next night. There's no, um, you know. There's no layover from, from that big win over Alabama. And, you know, Thornton and Gale are kind of the guys that really hold it together, but they went into the portal and have added really nice pieces. It was, it was really interesting talking to Chris Holtman at Big Ten Media Days because they went into the portal going, hey, we, we have to find the right players that want to be role players because our sophomores are going to be so good. And Jamison Battle bought into that. He's been really good if they're like third highest usage rate guy and as a catch and shoot jumper and adding a little bit of splash of offense. and Evan Mahaffey learned how to play basketball for a year under Micah Shrewsbury at Penn State. He plays like it. Gail Bonner's been the best off-the-bench guard in the Big Ten. I, I don't think you can find a better one. Just a knockdown shooter coming over from Baylor who's played in a lot of games there, too. So I'm in on Ohio State. 
you know, Wisconsin took a pretty rough loss to Providence, but I still think that their pieces fit together in a much better way. Uh, I was low on Michigan State kind of coming into the year. I haven't really seen a lot from them, but I was also high on Maryland, and they haven't played their best either. So I win one, lose one there for me, I guess. So those are the two teams, I think, though, Ohio State and Wisconsin, that I feel a lot better about than I did, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I'd say Illinois, Ohio State, Wisconsin, those feel like those second-tier Big Ten teams behind Purdue, and then we'll see if, if Maryland and Michigan State can kind of join them in that second group. Isaac, we were high on Maryland as well, and I want to ask you, what's up with them? Now, one thing is an obvious, when you shoot below 24% from three as a team, you're usually not going to perform very well, and they're sitting there at four and three, can you see them getting back into that second tier in the Big Ten, or, or have we seen enough flaws there, that being one of them, that maybe we're just flat out wrong and they're going to be a, a bubble-type team at best? Yeah, no, I think it's a fair question. You know, the, the threes have been horrible. The turnovers have been even worse. Last night they played Ryder and kind of got back on track a little bit. I, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say they only turned it over like six or seven times. And that really lowered their turnover rate. But before, the day before, if you hadn't involved that game, I think their turnover rate was like 295th in the country. Mm. So, like, when you're turning it over that much and you can't shoot, that's a horrible combination for a team that really needs to get a lot of offensive rebounds if they're going to generate good offense. So, yet again, I just, I still, it's hard for me to, like, fully write them off because Kevin Willard's a good coach. We've seen that before, you know. We, I think they're going to win a ton of games at home. That's a great home court advantage. And the defense has been great. When they, when they have all of their guys, like their defense has been really, really good. Jordan Geronimo has been a deflection machine from, from Indiana. The Indiana transfers have been really, really good for them. And so I still think they have one of those you know, elite point guards in the Big Ten and Jameer Young. I, I can't find anybody who doesn't like Julian Reese. He's a lot better this year. I think he's made a, a like, significant stride. Dante Scott has been a little bit more consistent than we've seen before. So I still think that with that home court advantage, with that defense, with those vets, there's still a pretty high floor in the Big Ten because there's a lot of flawed teams in the Big Ten. Maryland's one of them, and I just think that they're going to find a way to get the most out of that group. But I do think their ceiling is not as high as I originally thought. Like I thought that was a team that could potentially finish second in the league. I don't know if I that anymore just because they're going to have nights where – you know, they just can't buy a bucket from three. And I, I thought that Jamie Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith, like some of their, their big-prized freshmen, would be better. And, you know, losing Hakeem Hart looks pretty rough right now. And Hakeem Hart's gone to Villanova, had, you know, a very low usage rate, not really playing a ton. He had one game where he played less than 10 minutes. Uh, I kind of wonder if he went back, if he would get to, you know, potentially do that one over again, if he would end up at, at Maryland again, where he could have had a, a pretty big role for another year. Before we move on from the Big Ten, I want to talk about two teams that are favorites around here, Michigan and Indiana. It's fun to dog on Indiana. Uh, the analytics, I know, hate them right now. Ken Palm like, projects them to be below, at or at one point below 500, and, and their three-point shooting obviously is, is very non-existent. I also want to ask you about Michigan. Have, have shown some signs. They've had some games where they look pretty darn good, especially offensively with McDaniel and uh, Kamwa. And, and obviously uh, there was uh, the St. John's game when Namari Burnett goes off from three. What do you think about the Wolverines and Indiana? Is, is this going to be a rough year in Bloomington? Yeah, it's, it's, these are the, like those teams in the tier three right now of the Big Ten where it's like they have a bunch of talent and it's like, how can this come together? Like, how, how can you fix your flaws? And 
their flaws are so opposite. Michigan is a phenomenal offensive team that plays with great pace. They've added a lot of shooting, but they can't contain the ball defensively, and they just get a ton of straight-line drives. Their transition defense has been rough. They give up a ton of open looks from three when teams are making them pay. Whereas for Indiana, it's like you kind of see the bones of a decent defense, but offensively, it's just an absolute train wreck. And we kind of thought that it would be a train wreck offensively, right? Like they had a bunch of size. They have very little depth, and, and that's kind of come into play again. You know, they're, they're playing McKenzie McBacco at the three, and that hasn't gone very well for the most part. You know, I still like Malik Renew. I like Kalel Ware together. But again, like they've really only played one good team and looked really, really beatable against them. Like they played the five other teams that they've played against have been pretty undermanned in that front court. So it's hard to have huge takeaways from Malik Renew and Kalel Ware being awesome because they really haven't, you know, played a ton of great competition. When they did against UConn, it didn't look pretty. So I, I'm buying Michigan a little bit more because I think they have more like, I think it's more functional. I think their issues are a little bit more solvable as this team gets a little bit more continuity. But they're like Iowa lights to me. Like they're just like a, a team. I think they're gonna their offense will win them a bunch of games and their defense will lose them a bunch of games. And that that's kind of who they are. With Indiana, I think you know there's a roster construction flaw here that I think could be even more crippling unless you know their NBA dudes just start like playing like NBA dudes every single night. And we haven't seen that so far this year. A few more minutes with Isaac Trotter on the Tatman's Towing phone line. He is the national college basketball writer at 24-7 Sports. On the note of nationally, what's stuck out to you? It's kind of an open-ended question, wherever direction you want to take it. Uh, what's kind of stood out to you early in terms of the national picture, teams that have really impressed you, anybody that maybe has disappointed you on, on that level? Yeah, I think the Big East is going to be great. Uh, UConn has been way better than I thought they would be. That's a, a young team that doesn't play like it. They've been very connected. You know, Marquette, Illinois fans got enough close look at that team. They have not missed a beat. That's a very, very fun team. Uh, Villanova has played a lot better after an early season loss to Penn. And then Creighton uh, over in Omaha has, has an absolute wagon of a team that's going to shoot a ton of threes and make them. So the Big East, the top of the Big East has been really, really good. You know, from a disappointing perspective, I am surprised by how iffy Kansas has looked. And mm-hmm. you start to see a little bit of those warning signs against uh, Illinois. But then last night, they really struggled with Eastern Illinois. You know, is that a one-time random cold Tuesday night game against Eastern Illinois? They could get up, maybe. But I think there's some there's some flaws with that team. And kind of, I felt pretty good about them entering the season. And now I don't know if I would say they're the, my favorite team in the country. I think I think it's pretty clear that... Purdue or Marquette are the best two teams in the country, and, and Kansas isn't in that tier yet. Uh, so that that's kind of a, the weird thing from a from a Nationals perspective. It's like these teams that you feel really good about in the preseason. Like a lot of people love Michigan State, a lot of people love Kansas, and three weeks later, where everyone hates Michigan State and everyone thinks that Kansas has all these flaws. So it's just a it's a very weird dynamic. And oh, and that Tennessee team, I'm all in. You know, I know they've lost a couple games, but like that team is really really good and they're going to be really really good all year long and that illinois tennessee game is going to be like world war three that's going to be an absolute dog fight can't wait for that one and yeah on the note of recency bias now everybody's loving kentucky after they just dump trucked miami last night i didn't see that one coming that was an insane game uh kentucky like kentucky's cool again like they they play fast they shoot threes they don't play two plotting big men they they shoot like they get out in transition and run. They have a ton of point guards. It's like the freedom that they're playing with is is very different and very interesting. And I'm interested if it sticks. I, you know, this is a team. I think they're shooting like forty 
like 3% from three right now. It feels like every jumper they shoot goes in. I don't think that's going to stick long-term, but while they're here, it's really fun. And that's a young team that can get it up and they're playing a little bit different. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how like they uh, respond to when some adversity comes, but there's a chance that they could be even better when they get fully healthy. Cause that team has loads of talent and those guards have serious juice. All right, last one for you. I joked with you on the phone that you needed to hit me with uh, some betting advice for Tennessee and North Carolina tonight, that one going down in Chapel Hill. You mentioned how much you like Tennessee. The Vols get it done on the road. Do they avoid a three-game losing streak? What do you think? Man, it's a, that's a really, really good line. It's a kind of a weird line because I, I definitely think that Tennessee is the better team. But we know how it goes on the road at North Carolina. That's going to be a little bit different. Um, of course, I have to go to the prop market, right? Yeah, and when you look at this Tennessee team, like this is a this is a fantastic offensive team. Like when they can kind of, kind of play iso iso ball, and I've I've been kind of eyeing like this Dalton Connect numbers at sixteen point five. I don't know if I love it, but Josiah Jordan James is at nine point five. That's an interesting one there. A veteran who's going to knock down shots. The other thing with him, they need him on the floor for his defense, so I'd expect him to play thirty thirty five minutes, but. I expect Tennessee to be excellent defensively. That R.J. Davis prop, I think it's 16 and a half right now. That seems like an under for a team that can really lock in on him. And North Carolina's kind of running their offense through some other guys at times. They're going to try to post up Armando Baycott a lot because Tennessee doesn't double team. They're going to try to post up Harrison Ingram a little bit. Um, and, and that's been a big part of their offense lately. And R.J. Davis can have times where he kind of like floats out of the rotation when Cormac Ryan is healthy. So the Cormac Ryan plays, I think um, R.J. Davis under 16.5 is a, is a pretty decent bet against the Tennessee defense that has loads of really, really good perimeter defenders. Loads of Big Ten knowledge, the national scene, and some props. What more could you want? Isaac Trotter, we appreciate your time. Uh, keep up the great work, and we'll look forward to catching up with you down the road. Anytime, man. Thank you, Isaac. Isaac Trotter on the Tapman's Towing phone line. Read his stuff at 24-7 Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Isaac underscore double underscore Trotter. we got to catch a break, wrap up the hour. I'm actually, no, let's just go all the way to the top. Yep. We'll talk to you after that. Let's talk some more basketball. Any thoughts, questions, 217-359-2255. On the U of I Line Only text line, this is The Drive. I'm Justin Ike, co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. So, Justin, tell me what you see as typical when it comes to sewer repair. Give me a scenario. Your sewer's backed up, and somebody comes along and says, you need this repair for X amount of dollars. Here's my price. And you don't think to go looking for another company or a second opinion because you don't feel like you have time. So is it possible that you might get charged a little more because it's kind of a desperate moment? Do some companies do that? Oh, absolutely they will. They know you're in a pinch. Typically, if you call us, me or Will can be out there within an hour to look at that problem for you. Whether you call me first or you call me second, make sure you give me a call. Anything else, Justin? You can always trust Fred's. Great to know. Thank you. That's Justin Ike, the co-owner of Fred's Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning, Electric, and Underground. If you want more information about this great 45-year family-owned company, just go to fredscu.com. That's fredscu.com. 
Local, personal, trusted. Hi, this is Atta Durakan with First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana, and we've been serving Champaign County since 1908. Our institution is safe, strong, and stable. We operate on a foundation of responsible and sound practices, and you can rest easy knowing we're your bank. Rated five-star superior by Bauer Financial, Inc., fast, friendly, and local, with local loan decisions and underwriting. If you're not already banking with us, give us a try, and we think you'll love it here. First Federal Savings Bank, 356bank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender, NMLS, Four three five one two zero. Illini fans, taste what's special about Jets Pizza by ordering any of their specialty pizzas for $5 off. That's right, save $5 on all specialty pizzas like the barbecue chicken pizza, chicken grill to perfection, premium mozzarella cheese, bacon, red onion, and BBQ sauce. All piled onto Jets' amazing crust made from dough they make fresh every day. There's also their super special all-meaty chicken bacon ranch and more, all $5 off. Make your day special and order a Jets specialty pizza for $5 off. Make this holiday season truly magical. See Champaign-Urbana Ballet's The Nutcracker, November 30th through December 3rd. Presented in partnership with Cranert Center for the Performing Arts, Area-Wide Technologies, Bill Bass Foundation, Stone Ridge Dairy, Two Men in a Truck, and Champaign Ballet Academy. Tickets at the Cranert Center box office or cuballet.com. Experience the unforgettable story, music, and magic of CU Ballet's The Nutcracker. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. You're listening to WSJK ESPN 93.5 Tuscola Champaign-Urbana, your home for the St. Louis Cardinals. 